Amen. 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 Well, good evening and welcome to our uh, Wednesday midweek service, uh, in particular, 2022 Relationship Boot Camp. Uh, we've been having a good time just, um, just talking about relationships and, and how to flow, how to grow, uh, every aspect of relationships. Uh, so far, we've talked about a relationship with God. Um, we've talked about just operating in love and commitment. We've talked about parenting and navigating, you know, as parents, but as children, you know, we're, you know, all of us are still, uh, all of us have parents or uh, some of us have experienced uh, operating in parenting. Uh, Sunday, we spent time talking about the power of agreement. We had a good time talking about that. And today we're going to lock in on love versus lust. Love versus lust. That's going to be our topic for today. Awesome. All right. Well, let's start off talking about love. So we, there's three types of love. You have the agape love, which is unconditional love. That uh, Ideally, that's the love that actually our God, our Father, operates in. Uh, that's the kind of love that he would desire for us to operate in, agape love. Mm -hmm. Agape love is unconditional love. And so it doesn't, you know, basically it just does not. Let me go over, since we're talking about love, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 says, Charity, or love, suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vainteth not itself. Basically, it does not brag. Vaunted not itself. Thank you. Um, um, and um, is not puffed up. It's not arrogant. And uh, also doeth not behave itself unseemly. Um, also seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, uh, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Love beareth all, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love basically never fell. Um, so it's important for us to understand that type of love. That's what it looks like. Agape love is unconditional. Uh, and it is uh, 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 the highest form of love. The second that uh, I want to talk about a little bit is uh, phileo. So phileo is that brotherly love. They say Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia um, love, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so they call it the city of the city brotherly. of brotherly love, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't it the city of brotherly love? Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's how you you know how we love our brothers and sisters. That's coming from both actually phileo and uh, the uh, love, the agape love. Um, and, uh, and then there's eros love, which is a passionate type of love. It's sensual. It's, um, you know, erotic. Um, and so these three loves, if we don't understand uh, their function and how it, what it looks like, you know, we can potentially be operating in the wrong thing. So, you know... Um, I think that's important that we, we, we get that. And so uh, we're talking about love versus lust. So let's talk about lust, which you'll recognize it's a, it's a perverted or twisted version of love. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's perverted love. Um, it's also conditional. So you see agape is unconditional. Lust is conditional. Mm -hmm. has conditions attached. Uh, when you operate in lust, 
that's where people start to, instead of operating brotherly love, they'll operate in betrayal. When you're operating in lust, you operate in betrayal. You can operate in sabotage. See, because it's about self. Mm-hmm. You know, betrayal is about self. Sabotage is about self. Uh, you'll find people sowing discord that are in lust. Sowing discord. Instead of trying to find harmony and agreement, they'll find, they'll try to, uh, they'll cause the, a lot of divide, right? When people operate in lust. People operate in envy and jealousy when they operate in lust. You see a lot of, see, because it's about me. I want what you have. Why don't I have what you have, mm-hmm. right? That's still uh, under that core lust. And then it's out of control sexuality. So where eros and passionate type of love is, is what you operate in, you know, uh, when you have passion for something or someone, when you operate in lust, it's out of control sexuality. And what happens is when you get caught up in this lust, you're clouded from all that's best. You're clouded from all that's best. Mm. The, the amazing thing about uh, lust is it takes over your life. Mm-hmm. It takes over your life. You know, I like, uh, I like all the different uh, words that you, you use because sometimes we think lust is only sexual, um, but it could be gluttony, like food. Right. You could lust after food. And it take over your life. And it take over your life, you know? I mean, so that's big mm-hmm. to look at it that way because we hear the term lust and immediately we go there with uh, sexuality. All right, so let's, let's look at um, James chapter 1. James. <laughs> James walked through the door when I said it. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're going to my chapter. <laughs> All right, so... James chapter 1, we'll start at verse 12. So it says this. It says, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried or tested, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. It's interesting. He attached endurance with love. Right? Verse 13. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own, what? Lust and enticed. Look, it says, then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. When, and sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. So, you know, you, uh, years ago I heard the phrase, you know, lust takes you further than you want to go, makes you pay more than you want to pay, and makes you stay longer than you want to stay. Mm. Or it might be, makes you pay more than you want to pay, stay longer than you want to stay. Y'all get the point, <laughs> right? And so, 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 so that's why we were saying it takes over your life. It's out-of-control sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it overrides you doing what's best. When, when you're operating in lust, doing what's best is not a consideration. It's what pleases me. That's the number one focus here. The irritation is this doesn't please me. This doesn't comfort me. This doesn't satisfy me, right? It's not about, okay, what's the best thing to do in a situation? 
So it's hard to process through equality because lust doesn't want to be equal. It wants to be first. It wants to be, it wants to have it all. And so 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful, but not expedient, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Before you go there, I just want to uh, read verse 16. Do not error, <laughs> my beloved brethren. Basically saying, do not be deceived, my beloved children or brethren. Uh, so I thought that was on the, on the, back, on the, the, the 16th verse mm -hmm. is warning us to, to not be deceived. Don't let lust uh, uh, put you in a position of, to, to err or mm -hmm. to be clouded, you know, you, it, uh, or, or to taint your view. Mm. Um, 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. That word means all things are not best, right? All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. That's the second part of that statement is saying, so when I do what's best, I'm going to stay in a position of love. If something has power over me, I've just crossed over into lust, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's what's important. Uh, uh, me and my wife, we were talking through this. Um, well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, solid relationships, you know, such as marriage or any committed relationships, should be selfless about love, not selfish about lust. Mm -hmm. So solid relationships should be selfless, all about love, not selfish about lust. When we do premarital courtship, we challenge those that involve themselves or commit to commit to friendship before romance. So courting should be about friendship before romance. A lot of times people go in and they get caught up in the fumes and of and the intoxicating infatuation, and immediately, this is my opportunity to be romanced. And what happens is if you do romance first, that's gonna, that's gonna feed your flesh. You're not in a covenant. So you're gonna get caught up in the red flags. You, you can't even see, because, oh, I love hearing your voice. Oh, thank you for the flowers. You know, and he took me out, and he bought me this, and he said these wonderful things. And the whole time, there's red flags screaming. But you can't see it because you did romance first, not friendship first. So basically what I, what I uh, wanted to kind of interject here, as a single, whatever you do, try to learn all that you can about love versus lust uh, before you meet. Here's the key, before you meet someone so that um, you have that to play off of. Um, it can be the measure uh, before your heart and your emotions are vested. Like it's so important because a lot of times we meet somebody and before you know it, your heart and your, your um, emotions are invested in, oh, I like that person. You know, immediately your, your feelings is like, oh, I like him, mm -hmm. you know, um, and you get lost in that. But if you can consciously and constantly remind yourself and, and understand what love and lust is, I think you'll, you'll set yourself up for a better outcome because you can almost like ward off uh, unhealthy relationships at the, at, the, at the gate. You know, sometimes people are in the relationship, you know, maybe two months or three months in, and then they start to see the little red flags. But if you have this mindset, this model of what 
to look for, that can kind of give you a head start and you won't have to invest as much of your time. You know, because sometimes you'd be investing, you know, two months and be like, dog, you know, that's a long time. So then you, you keep going because you think, well, it might get better. No, you, if you had this as a blueprint, you could tell, hey, this is probably not the best. At least have something to talk to the person about. That's good. And uh, we were also, we were spending time talking about this. And we, you know, when you start thinking about love, you think about Christ. God so loved the world what he gave his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. So that was God's love to give his best. But look at Christ's love. He gave his life for us. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about the passion of Christ, the passion of Christ, uh, it was something that he gave. It was not just something he gave his loins to. It was something he gave his life to. And so when somebody's saying they love you, they, they're giving their life to you. You know, so when mm -hmm. we start getting into uh, lust and, and, and sexuality first, it's all about loins. It's not about life. Mm -hmm. Right? But later on, what you going to look for? You're going to look for somebody to care about your life. You're going to look for somebody to give you of their life. And so you might want to get that guarantee on the front end. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's good. All right, let's go to Proverbs 5. Uh, Proverbs 5. I'm going to read uh, 15 through 19, uh, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Proverbs 5, 15 through 19. It says, drink water from your own sister. Uh, it says, of a pure marriage relationship. This is talking about people that are in covenant. It says, and fresh water from your own well, right? So it's basically saying, drink from your own covenant, right? It says, it says, should your springs or children be dispersed as streams of water in the street? Mm. So it says, if you don't drink from your own covenant, you'll find your kids all over the place, <laughs> Right? It says, confine yourself to your own wife. Let your children be yours alone and not the children of strangers with you. It says, let your, your fountain wife be blessed with the rewards of fidelity and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her be as a loving hind as a, and as a graceful doe. It says, let her breast refresh and satisfy you all. At all times. That's what it says. I'm just That's what it says. I'm reading what it said. It's the Bible. I, just, I didn't make that up. It says, it says always be ex exhilarated and delight in her love. And you were talking about that earlier. Remember? Well, what? Uh, when you, you said uh, just delighting in her love. Oh, right? yeah. What I was saying, and I probably have it somewhere else. Um, yep. I said, uh, to delight in her love, to be happy, to receive from her, and to experience it. So basically, you know, it, it looks like you're happy, you're receiving her love, you're uh, experiencing her love. It's not lust. It's literally like you are spending time, like, uh, receiving, hopefully, like her heart. You know, if you think about it, the, the scripture yeah, her says, whole, yeah, yeah, her whole heart. Like the scripture yeah. says in Proverbs that um, his, he safely trusted, trusteth his wife. Like 
like Proverbs thirty one. Yeah, so it's it, it it looks like something when a woman or a man really loves. It's not a physical, just physical uh, only, but it is a connection. It's from a heart. It's mm -hmm. thoughtfulness. It's you know you're it's being mindful of the person. Yeah, it's you're you care about the person. You're you're like um uh like like my husband, if I could say, um he shows me love more than he, well, he actually does both. He'll say he loves me, but his actions scream so loud. And it's something about, like, when you hear it, that's good, but when you are the recipient of that love, you know it's coming from a deeper place than just, you know, him trying to do, uh, you know, like, uh, um, he said something, you're wonderful. <laughs> and when he said it, he was really being honest, but, when he said it, it reminded me of one of those dolls. You ever saw the doll that no, said... No, it's a particular doll. It's, yeah, what is, how, how does the doll work? You, uh, you pull it, and then it would you, say... You pull a string, or you push the button, and it says, Oh, that's okay, honey. You could do that. Do you want me to do that again? <laughs> You're wonderful. <laughs> You're adorable. Oh, it's okay that you forgot. <laughs> it's, it's not a problem. We'll work that out anyway. So no matter what the wife did, you pull a thing... And it's something positive communicating. Yeah, yeah. So, but the woman, she can, she can pick, men, men or women can pick up how love is expressed and how you receive it and what it feels like when someone really is from the heart sharing how they feel. Well, let me add to that. So, so the Bible says a man finds a wife, when he finds a wife, he finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. But no, honestly, just because you walk down the aisle, you're marrying a person that's labeled as your wife, but you don't necessarily may, you may have not have discovered the whole wife yet. Mm -hmm. You got to dig deeper. You got to dig deep into that woman to discover the wife. And so, but we'll, I could say the same thing about love. Sometimes the love fades because, okay, so you, you, you have a level of love or connection when you first meet. As you dig deeper, you discover why God brought you together. As you dig deeper, you discover your purpose together. As you dig deeper, you keep finding things that you appreciate. But when you get caught up, you know, let's say you meet somebody and you go, ah, got them now. And then now they're an accessory. So you stop digging. Well, if you stop digging, you ain't going to find nothing because what's on the surface is going to get old, right? Mm -hmm. You keep digging to always in your relationships it could be male or female. You keep digging and you'll always find something to love. When, you, when you're not committed to dig, that's when it gets old, right? Because now you start taking each other for, for granted. So, so remember this. Love connects. When we operate in love, it connects. It's selfless. But lust disconnects because it's selfish. So when I operate in lust, I'm, I'm starting the process of creating a disconnection without even realizing, even though I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm getting some pleasure out of it, every time I, I, I jump into lust, I'm creating more and more, I'm severing the relationship. Hmm. You know, so, so, so don't let lust divide and conquer your relationship. Don't let lust divide and conquer your relationship. And so what we want to do, well, we don't want to develop an appetite for worldly devices uh, that are designed to assist you to go for yourself. Mm. So don't let me say that again. 
<laughs> don't develop an appetite for the world's devices that are designed to assist you to go for yourself, your mate will no longer be needed. That, that is so crucial because there's so many different uh, things that the world has to offer. Um, <laughs> if I could be transparent. No. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> what? No. I, I wouldn't bring that. You wouldn't bring that up? No, ma'am. Okay. Nope. All right. Well, we won't bring it up. <laughs> I protected y'all from that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't have any children here, so I was... I was thinking it was safe, but you're right. Uh, but any, anyway, so yeah, so we, we, we really do need to be mindful that whatever we're doing, is it including the other person? We'll say it that way. Is it including the other person? That was good. Yep. Sweet yeah. little audible you did right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do Galatians 5. Let's go to Galatians 5. We're going to hit a few scriptures in Galatians 5 today, but we'll hit... hit uh, We'll hit verse 17 for right now. Galatians 5, verse 17. It says this. It says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. It says, These are contrary to, to these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So the, the flesh is lusting against the spirit, so we can't do the things that, that is best for us to do. It cripples us. It weakens us. So that's why it's dangerous to, to get caught up in lust and feed the flesh. We'll find ourselves uh, helpless and not as motivated. Uh, Matthew 26, 41 says the spirit is indeed, the spirit is indeed weak. The, the spirit, is, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. So you want to feed the willing, not the weak. And then Romans 13, 14 tells us to make no provision for the flesh. So the flesh doesn't have a ready meal. You know what I'm saying? If you think about making provision for something, it has a meal available, right? You know, the flesh shows up and there's nothing in the cupboard. There's nothing in the refrigerator. There's nothing on the shelves. There's no meal available for the flesh. So that's why you don't, cre you don't have stuff that says, I'm going to resist it. You know, it's not even nowhere around. That way, it, you know, the flesh doesn't have something it can draw on uh, and gain an appetite. Yeah, so I wanted to say Galatians 6.18, I'm sorry, 5.18, uh, kind of starts off talking about, well, let's, well it's actually uh, 5.19. Um, now, the, well, it kind of talks about, um, it starts off talking about the lust of the flesh. Uh, but it says, now the works of the flesh are meant manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, uh, lasciviousness, uh, which is basically sensu sensuality. Um, the sens sensuality is basically the enjoyment, expression, or the pursuit of physical, especially sexual pleasure. Um, and so I just thought that was quite interesting how, you know, uh, it lists that, like, at the, at the, at the beginning there about the, the works of the flesh. Yeah, because if you're consumed with pleasure, you're going to cheat purpose. If you're consumed with pleasure, you're going to cheat purpose. Pleasure has a place in our life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, shouldn't have first place in our life. Right? And so, so what we want to do is, we want to 
establish boundaries to immunize ourselves from the lust virus. We want to establish boundaries to immunize ourselves from the lust virus. So if you think about it, the lust virus is always going around. When we inoculate ourselves or, or immunize ourselves through the word and being around things that feed the spirit, that protects us from actually operating or dealing with the flesh. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So similar to the scripture, it says, make no provision for the flesh. Mm-hmm. Make no provision for the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, only a fool thinks they can control lust, whether you're married or single. Only a fool thinks they can control lust. And that's sometimes people mean well, they go, I'm just not going to do that, but they go, they put themselves in an environment, all right? Only a fool thinks they can control lust. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when you see people and they go, man, I have a sex problem. They don't have a sex problem, they have a lust problem. Just like some people say, I have an eating disorder. You have a lust disorder. I can't, I can't put those cigarettes down. It's a lust. The root is lust, right? Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we gave the definition when we, when we talked at the beginning, when we talked about the difference between love and lust, so I'm not going to get back into that. And so, 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 so again, so you have this, this contrast. You have love versus lust. And for us to operate in, in healthy relationships, we want to operate in love. You know, period. Whether it's lust messes your jobs up. I know a person that um, was so caught up, uh, they end up hitting a button at the job because they was about to type in, into something they shouldn't have. Changed their mind, but it was too late. And so, you know how you once you once you go in, they have access to you now. So all the pop-ups came, but all the computers were networked. So they just didn't come to his computer. They came to all the computers in the company. <laughs> right? All because what? He, he, he was overwhelmed. It took over his life. Right? And so you want to watch that. So, so the scripture says, there's a scripture in Hebrews 13, verse 4. It's an interesting scripture because people have kind of, hey, I, I don't even like using this. I won't even get into people. I'll just say, it, the scripture talks about the marriage bed being undefiled. And so, so some have communicated that as no matter what you do in marriage, it's okay because I'm married. So I, so I could do whatever, right? Because the marriage bed is undefiled. That's not what the scripture is saying. What the scripture is saying is the marriage bed shouldn't be defiled with the lust of the flesh or perversions of the world. So so you shouldn't bring uh, worldly perversions into a marriage, right? Because remember, what do we say? Uh, love connects, lust what? Disconnects. So if I bring these uh, twisted things into my covenant, every time I operate in lust, what I do? I'm creating a disconnect. So I'm feeding disconnect at the root of my marriage or the root of my relationship because you could be dating. You ever notice you're getting along fine to one person getting the lust and there's arguments? I don't, I don't get no amens there. <laughs> nobody going to say amen. You don't want to nobody think it's you. Right? All right. 
Well, back when I used to be in lust, <laughs> that's when there was arguments, right? Well, I think also, yeah, I think also, um, you know, in a situation like that, where you have one person who's doing things maybe, or even, you know, selfish, selfish, yeah, thinking of themselves and not thinking of each other, um, there's no agreement there. So, so, you know, God intended the two to become one. And one of the things he uses is for the two to become one using that. And so if you got one person who is pulling from the world, you know, to satisfy themselves and the other person is pulling from God, pulling from God that's, that's not harmony. That's not agreement. And so. So let's bring it to all of our relationships because we've been talking about all of our relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Let's say we're all on the same praise team. Some of us are pulling from God, but some of us are hanging out. Well, we're not going to be in the same harmony, are we? Mm -hmm. Right? Because somebody on the team gave the adversary access, right? Yeah. Where, where's my amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> are you with me? All right. So, 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 so uh, you might see this, but I ain't going to say your name. So, so I was in this, this major tournament. And so we went all the way to the tournament. So we were, we shouldn't have been, we shouldn't have been advancing. At least they thought. We didn't have the high profile people. We went all the way to the championship. Get to the championship and we lose, I don't know, we might have lost by like two or four points. But one person on the team, I'm like, like you weren't even there today. What's, what's going on? Man, what happened? It was almost like I said, well, I don't want to say the position, but you're, you're, you're our guy. What happened to the guy that we had through all the other games? And so when he talked to me later, he said, man, I apologize, man. I said, what? He said, man, you know, I had some beers last night. Now, we, we're, we're the team. It wasn't a Christian tournament, but we, everybody knew we were the Christians, especially because of me, right? And so, so he said, man, I had some beers. I said, okay, well, that explains. I said, you had your reward. So you wasn't going to perform in the game because you had your reward last night. So he had what would please him at the expense of us. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times we don't realize when we decide to do what's pleasing to us in, in the vehicle of lust, um, it's at the expense of the team, at the expense of the ministry, at the expense of the family. Because what? It's all about us, right? Does that make sense? So that's good because so many things are affected. <laughs> You're not getting any amens. Oh, amen, baby. <laughs> you could at least say, I made little sense. Ah. That don't make no sense to me, Pastor. Something. <laughs> you made me think. You made me lose my train of thought. I'm sorry, I, I don't even know I'm where sorry, I was going with the, what I'm I was going to say. It's okay, though. I'm sorry. I, I just didn't. <laughs> Pick it up stuff. All right, so, so, <laughs> I love my family. All right, so, 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 uh, do we have time? Uh, ah, we don't need to read the, the other versions, right? Do we? Mm -mm. No. All right, so we can't practice perversion and expect purity in our covenants. We can't practice perversion and expect purity in our covenants. Now, a person may say, well, I don't want no purity in my covenants. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
But, I mean, but some people but, might, but, but might this, feel that way. No, 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 but this is the reality. Think about it. After you get yours or whatever you're, you're getting, whatever is important to you, we all want to get along. We want to have a healthy communication. We want people to be thoughtful. But you can't put a person in a stupor of lust and expect them to wake up out of that to be mindful of you. The more you get in the lust, the more people are clouded, the more they're going to be in a stupor, and the more they're going to be thoughtless. They're not going to be thoughtful. Right? So it just doesn't work out that way. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. It makes plenty of sense. <laughs> Thank you, babe. It's good to have somebody up here with you. <laughs> I'm not alone. All right, so we... <laughs> All right, we can't demand intimate trash, but expect to live with a loving treasure. So we can't expect intimate trash. So you can't, a lot of times, because we were trained in the world, we bring our worldly training into, into solid relationships. And it's not just husband and wife relationships. We get worldly training in the world, we bring it to our church relationships. We get worldly training uh, of the music ministry, the band we was on, the, the people we sang for when we were doing secular stuff, and we bring that into uh, praise and worship and stuff like that. Like we're always bringing in things of the world, but, but you, can't ex <laughs> you can't demand intimate trash and expect to live with a loving treasure. It just doesn't work out that way. Because the, right, the right way brings out the treasure, the wrong way brings out the trash. No matter how you... And sometimes we see trash and we go, where did that come from? But I, I endorse the trash and maybe, hey, let's go out and, and sip. I just leave it at that, right? But then now I'm expecting this person to operate like a treasure. But I've actually endorsed and facilitated something that was going to bring out the trash. In them. And then we may say to ourselves, well, I'm fine. Yeah, but you're trying to do love is doing what's best for everybody, right? doing what's best for the other person. How do you know they're going to be fine? How do you know they can handle it? And then you're like, what's wrong with you? And then they're going, so wait a minute. You know, put me in the stupor and you ask me what's wrong with me. I'm in the stupor, right? Because you fed the trash, right? So flesh feeds us information. Uh, is that me or you? All right, so flesh, the flesh feeds us information that alienates us from the truth. So we just don't want to feed the flesh. That's our, our target. Obviously, we're going to evolve there, but that's what our target is. And let's say we're having this conversation, out, uh, uh, y'all out there in TV land. <laughs> let's say we're having this, having this conversation, and, and, you know, because a lot of times you start talking about lust and stuff like that, because the church a lot of times don't talk about it. But the, a lot of times church don't talk about it, not because, well, in some cases they don't want to because they're struggling with lust. But in some cases, they know a lot of people, the majority of people are struggling with it, and I don't want to say nothing to chase nobody away. Because I, you know, I need you to, to tithe, or I need you, to, to, I need you to, to be here to do stuff, so I, I don't want you uncomfortable. But that's not fair. You're not helping people with what they're struggling with just so you'll be liked. And so since it's so far in between, when it is discussed, People have grown up so tradi traditional. I just read where it said, uh, we talked about her breasts, right? That was in the Bible. But let's say if you didn't know it was in the Bible. 
they would have been censoring me back there going, you can't say that, you know how they be getting, you know, right? I said y'all back there, y'all, you, and the other guy back there. And, and the trip is, we're supposed to serve you and talk about everything that people deal with in their life as it relates to the Bible, mm-hmm. right? So, so we have to talk about it. But it's not to condemn or to convict, but it's, it's to make you aware. Now you set a target. Ah, I'm going to really have to work on that. But just to beat yourself up. You know, people come to church or not come to church based on if they fell into some type of lust. I'm not talking about they had intercourse with anybody. But just because they slipped and watched something or something got the best of them, it was like, it's over now. Well, no, it's not over. You just see where you're at. It ain't over. You just see where you're at. So, so it's telling you, I got to tighten up more. Mm-hmm. I thought I was cool, but I realized where I'm really at. So now I got to develop some other disciplines. You ever thought that? Yeah, no, I was going to say um, that's so good because people <laughs> get squeamish when they come to church and we have to talk about that. But that, that is a hidden area. Hold on, hold on. Where are you leaving? Don't leave. Come back here. I'm playing. Nobody's leaving. I just did that for you. <laughs> you got jokes today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but, that, but what's not exposed can't be helped. And, and that's such a hidden area in everybody's life. You know, it could that's be good. potentially a hidden area. And so the enemy wants nothing better than to skim over it, to not talk about it, to feel uncomfortable to talk about it. So people, because the, look, if the person who, who God wants to talk, use to talk about it is uncomfortable and the people are uncomfortable receiving it, that's, okay. a, that's a bad combination. <laughs> yeah. So, but it is something that, you know, we, we, we want the whole person. God desires the whole person, you know, spirit, soul, and body. You know, our bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to watch what we do with this body like it think about it if God Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in our temple what are we exposing them to like really what are when we have those secret times what are what are we exposing them to because mm. you're taking them with you mm. Proverbs talks about God sees everything the good and the evil so he's he's just looking at us I mean and so the question we have to say to ourselves when we find ourselves in a, in a, in a bad a pickle where our flesh is leading us is, do we want to take the Holy Spirit there? Do we want to take God, Jesus, there? Do we, want, do we want them to participate by, you know, because they're inside this body. And so, you know, they're exposed to whatever we're exposed to. So... We have to start thinking along those lines. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I think if we look at it that way, it will be so much harder to go into sin because, okay, I'll say this. Uh, we had a situation, he prays like, oh, Lord, what's she going to say? We had a situation where I was ministering to. I was ministering to. <laughs> I was ministering to some teens, and the question was, okay, so how do we uh, not succumb to uh, pleasuring themselves? Did I say that pretty good? No. (laughs) Oh, Lord. They back there throwing stuff. (laughs) So 
you know, and, and, and one of the only thought that I could come up with, just because the thing about it is if you don't have any, uh, what's the word, uh, accountability, you know, it's like you're, you feel free and clear. But if you have the mindset that, okay, if you decide you're going to do it, then, hey, God sees everything. He's watching you. So the people said, oh, man, you done messed up my flow. Because <laughs> nobody wants to feel anything when they're trying to do that. So, um, but, you know, I, it's, it was almost like a, a way to, to get us not to feel like we're, it's just we're alone. Because we do, we, you know, we, we could potentially feel like we're alone. Nobody's here. It's just me in the room. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But... No, you don't, you're not alone. <laughs> and God sees everything, the good and the, the evil and the, or the bad. So let, let me offer this, and I'm going to pull this from uh, Trina's teaching mm -hmm. 9.15. Because it was about the two natures. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what we're talking about right that's now. That's exactly what we're and talking about. And then the topic was you belong to your choice. Mm -hmm. But also in the, the, the uh, survival kit class, the emphasis was when, when the old nature was talked about, the old nature wasn't talked about because now I'm living for Christ. The old nature is gone and it'll never bother you again. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that was talked about is the old nature will always be hovering around mm -hmm. looking for to get fed. That's why the scripture says make no provision for the flesh. And so, so, so the thing is, you're not tripping because the old nature is there. Well, I'm a Christian now. Why is the old nature tempting me? Why is that? Because that's what the old nature does. And it's going to try to tempt you even more as a Christian. So we ain't going nowhere. What we have to do is feed our spirit man to rise, to, to combat it. Remember? The spirit is indeed willing, the flesh is weak. So, so you're not, oh no, turn in your Christian card because the flesh uh, tempted you and the old nature started to speak, got, got the first voice today. That's not how it works. There, and, there, and, and there's nobody around you that can say, oh, I never, I never had dealt with the flesh, never been tempted with the flesh. I don't know what's wrong with you. Ever since I've been saved, I've been walking on water. I don't know. Lie. You, you ain't no real <laughs> Christian. What do you mean you're tempted? You know, some churches will probably kick you out because you're tempted. You know what I'm saying? But, but the adversary is always going to be trying to offer you stuff, always going to try to catch you in a weak moment. But you have the opportunity. Now, guess what? Now you got to apply it. Now you got to apply it. I remember I, you, you, you show up at the game. We, I, I don't coach you to prepare the game. Then you get out there like, coach, they're defending me. <laughs> no kidding. Now use what I gave you, right? So you have to apply these scriptures that you're learning. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Romans 8. Okay, while you, we're going there, I just wanted to uh, add okay. to that. Mm -hmm. um, we just have to make sure that we're not feeding the monster. Because <laughs> the monster is ready at any time to wake up. Is you know, and, and, and we have to watch. That's good. Yeah, we, 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 we have to watch how we're feeding the monster. Because the monster, you know, is always lurking, looking for an opportunity to be fed. And so we, <laughs> now was that, that was pretty good. That right? was pretty good. That was pretty good. And so we, you know, we, we, we have to watch our eye gate. We have to watch our ear gate. Um, you know, it, 
sorry. We do because think about it. It's something as simple as watching a movie. Like Pastor and I, when we watch movies, and people might think that, oh, it is so silly and, yeah, you know, y'all so immature. I don't know how you might look at it. But if there is a love scene and you know it's getting ready to get there, you know, we, t we <laughs> look at each other, we talk, or we look down. We don't look at the, the, the scene. That's if we're at a movie. Yeah. We're at home. You know, you, you got fast forward. We got fast forward. You know, but even those fast forwards, hey, see. Hey, look, hey, everybody out there in TV land, you got a fast forward. No, but listen, y'all fast forward people. <laughs> listen, the fast forward, the fast forward <laughs> is not always fast forward. You see it, well, sometimes it's like a pause. I'm like, wait a minute, I fast forward this thing, and it's like you can still see the whole thing. So you just have to really, really watch your eye gate mm -hmm. um, because the enemy, he knows that when we see hey, something. Hey, put it on mute, too. Doing those things. Oh, yeah, put, put it, on, it mute. on mute. Put it on mute. Don't uh, just fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's another thing. I'm glad you said <laughs> mute that. Too. So what you hear, because even hearing a breathing or something, you know, that, or you could even hear something. You got it. You got it. Just, you hear the wrong thing. <laughs> no, I'm, I, no, I have to say this because sometimes... The, you know, you, you just have to be watchful what type of sounds you're, uh, and, and if that sound is actually causing you to be stimulated, you have to make sure, like for instance, people work out. Now, when you work out, it's a lot of, you know, grunting and, you know, and all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's just a lot of sound uh, that could be interpreted as, no, it could be interpreted as sexual sound. I'm just saying. So you just have to watch what you, what you get. Look, I got some nods here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It, yes. It's, See, yes, it is. It <laughs> sounds, I mean, you know, and it's like, whoa, that sound like they get busy. So. <laughs> All right, I need to bring a couple of y'all up on stage. <laughs> Because I need to not play. Yeah, so we just have to watch our eye gate, our ear gate, um, you know, um, anything that the enemy can tempt us with, uh, you know, how we, what he does, man. It's, he's so cunning. He is so cunning. All right, let's, let's get into Romans 8. Romans 8, we're going to start at verse 5. Romans 8, verse 5. It says, for they that are after the flesh do mind focus on or is counseled by the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, focus on or are counseled by mm -hmm. the things of the spirit. It says, for, the carnal, for, for to be carnally minded, that word carnality is fleshly. To be fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right? Look, it says, for the carnal mind or the fleshly mind is enmity against God. Mm -hmm. For it is not, now this is what it means after the colon. It says, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. What it's saying is when I'm in the flesh, it, I can't stay within the boundaries of protection of God's word. I'm not subject. I don't submit to those boundaries. I'm walking outside the lines all the time. Uh, verse 8 says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Mm -hmm. See, so when we're in lust, we can't please God. When we're in love, we please God. Mm -hmm. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. 
so I can go ahead and read that. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Verse 8, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption or destruction. Uh, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap ever or reap life everlasting. Verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we'll reap if we faint not or if we tire so, not. So the key is, it says, shall reap of the flesh corruption. Mm-hmm. So we know when we're feeding the flesh, when we get caught into lust, we're bringing corruption in our life. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we we're, we're go, where is that coming from? Well, what are we sowing to? Mm-hmm. So, so it's amazing, like, you can't sow an orange seed and be surprised that you get orange. But that's how we sometimes are operating in life. I can't believe all these oranges is here. You sowed orange seed. And so when you sow to the flesh, when corruption shows up, I can't believe this corruption is here. Mm-hmm. Because you're not, sometimes we're, uh, we were talking about something else earlier, how you can be, uh, people can be uh, callous or blinded to stuff. Sometimes we're so, uh, we're blinded to the seeds we're sowing. And then when we get to harvest, it's like a surprise. Mm-hmm. Like we go, but I, I went to church all week. I did this, but did you sow to the flesh? If you sow to the flesh, when the whole, see, so I talked about the word, I read the word, but I applied the things of the, the flesh. So I'm going to reap the harvest of the things of the flesh because that's what I'm, my, th- those are my actions. If my corresponding actions are lined up with the word, I'm going to, I'm going to reap of the spirit. You see what I'm saying? But I can acknowledge God, talk about God, come to every church all the time. But if I'm sowing to the flesh, I'm going to still reap the corruption. Yeah. Because that's what I'm applying, right? You get more of what you apply than what you just acknowledge and you heard about. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? And when he's talking about reaping the, the corruption, it's really destruction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it, it's a payoff. There's a payoff for uh, sowing to the flesh. And, and so, 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 and this is something that, that every, no, none of us are exempt from, even in marriage. You know, you can bring a, 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 a uh, compromise or fleshly life into a covenant. Yeah. And then you think you're protected because you're in the covenant. Mm-hmm. But no, you're not. You know, uh, or I'll read the scripture, 1 Corinthians 7, 28. 1 Corinthians 7, 28. So I'm not going to give it to you all of it, but Paul was like, hey, if you could just stay a virgin for the rest of your life, you're good. But if you can't, go ahead and get married. <laughs> right? But then, then <laughs> verse 28 says, but if thou marry, thou hast not sinned, and, and if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. So what it's saying, to even, so, so this whole flesh flow is, is, is a challenge. Mm-hmm. You getting married doesn't relieve you of the challenge. That's so true. You still got to be do your due diligence to make sure that flesh and that lust doesn't creep in, Right. You know, that's good because there's so many different things that the world offers that really um, pulls a couple apart, can potentially pull a couple apart. And so, you know, 
like you, you brought up the one scripture when it talked about, you know, the woman's, uh, the man should be satisfied, her, her whatever, mm-hmm. uh, should be, he should be satisfied with her. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it, though, is the world offers, hey, look at this. Hey, check this out. And so now men are visually, and women, it's not just uh, men, but men and women are visually moved by what they see. And so you could potentially be in a marriage um, and the, uh, either one of them can be looking at, whether it's you know, the television, uh, the, the computer, um, you know, whatever. And, and now that is what's stimulating the person when they when the or husband they, and wife come together mm-hmm. so now it's tainted it's tainted um uh uh well you sow selfish seeds into the situation yeah yeah because and but you can almost tell yourself hey i'm good because i'm not going outside the marriage but in in reality the man the, the scripture says that when a man even thinketh when he look on a he looks on a person who lusts after him. Yeah, he's, he's committed already he's adultery. He's already committed adultery. So see, it's more than just the physical, physically going, you know, because sometimes we say to ourselves, well, you know what, uh, hey, I didn't actually go out, so hey, I'm good. But you did go out. But you did go out in your mind, in your in, eye in, gate. In the spirit, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that's, an, that's important to get because there's so many things out there that is causing people to participate and computers, and y'all know what I mean, and now they got the phones now. I mean, everything is so accessible, and there's some gorgeous drop-down, gorgeous people out there. Just face it, there, there really is. There's a whole bunch of people that can, you know, they just look like perfect, their body and everything. No, no plastic surgery. I mean, they, they just, hey. Um, and so men are moved by what they see. Women are too. Uh, I, I wanted to put that out there. And so we have to make sure that that's not pulling us, and then we come together, and now, hey, the, the, the marriage bed is on fire, but it's not on fire because the two are enjoying one another from a, uh, a pure sta- uh, state of, 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 um, uh, of them coming together. They're, it's on fire because one is playing off of whatever has motivated that person, and now that person becomes what they have been watching. Or the, if they, if, let's say the person is far from <laughs> what they've been watching. <laughs> so what they do is in their mind, they can actually uh, start to imagine, use their imagination. And, and that's God-given. God gave us our imagination. So we're tainting. We could potentially be tainting what God actually gave us to, to actually see purpose and, and, and experience what he wants in our life, you know, so. Because it's about agreement, like we talked about on Sunday, and agreement is intimacy. Mm-hmm. Agreement is intimacy. Yeah. Um, and and so, so, you know, and, and God established sexuality to be sacred. As much as we, the world is uh, twisted and perverted, it's supposed to be sacred. And so, you know, uh, one of the things, probably prim- primarily for the men, because a lot of times people operate, uh, you know, guys are designed to pour out and a woman receives. So it's not, it's not always difficult until people have, have uh, perverted their lives, most of their lives, and then they lose the, uh, the strength, uh, 
I'll, I'll say the strength to perform, right? So what happens is passion should be living in, in a, an environment of affection before it demands intersection. Passion, and I, and I changed the word just depending on who's watching, but passion should live in an environment of affection first. And so a lot of times people skip affection because it's all about self. Lust is all about self, and so they just want intersection. And when you, when you operate in affection, you're loving them for who they are, that, that you think about when people get together, there's a pursuit. That pursuit creates an automatic passion, and you almost, you know, I, you, know you, you meet the person, I'm, I'm pursuing her, I, uh, uh, our atmosphere is affection, well, she can't take her hands off me. But then I, I get, we get married, and now I got her, and it's, uh, she's an accessory now. Well, she's not an accessory, but that person over there is an accessory. So, so, so now it's like, now I just, I'm thinking about when I want something, but I haven't been pursuing a person. Hmm. So, and I'm wondering, well, what's the difference? The difference is they couldn't do no wrong. I was in quick pursuit. Uh, I don't know if I have time for the full story, but I give a short story. Pastor taught on marriage, and he was saying that women are like vines. He said vines, uh, they grow, and in the right climate, they cling, right? He says so when they cling and they produce grapes, he says the husband gets drunk off the wife's grapes. He says, but if, you, if the temperature is up and down, vines grow wild. He says, vines are all over the place, and somebody's getting drunk off of your wife's grapes. He says, so he, says, so he gave a parallel. He says, so when you first meet, you're in pursuit. You take them out. You, uh, uh, she, you know, she late. You know, we're supposed to go at a certain time. I get there, she ain't ready, right? So I go, oh, girl, take your time. Don't worry about it, because I'm in pursuit, right? I'm trying to win her over, right? Oh, no, we get there when we get there, girl. We get in the car, open the car door, right? We get to the place, open the car door. We get in. Now, I'm, I might be on a budget, but I'm saying, girl, eat what you want. And then I'm going to determine what I'm going to order after I find out what yours costs. But you can get whatever you want. Then I pay for the meal. I take care of her. Then first year anniversary come around, and now and I got my best clothes, my best cologne, you know, my best tie, everything best. First, first anniversary comes around. I, so I'm late getting home. I almost forgot that we were supposed to go out. Then she gets, pulls my best tie. I was like, girl, what you doing? That's my best tie. No, give me that other tie. Then she pulls out my best cologne. No, nah, give me that brute. Give me that whatever that. No, nah, no, nah, give me the cheap. I ain't trying to spend that money. Then I run out, get in the car, and I go, what, your arms broke? Get, hurry up, girl, get in the car. Then we get to the restaurant. I run in the restaurant. She's sitting in the car. I turn around, what's your arms? Get out the car, girl. We're going to be late for the, for the reservation. Then we get there, we eat, and after we finish eating, I go, now mine costs this. What changed? Right? So the atmosphere changed. So that vine gonna grow wide. So you, you, you have to maintain your pursuit. That's what we were saying about earl, uh, earlier, how the scripture says that you should always delight in her love. Mm -hmm. You can't change the pursuit. Like it can't, and it can't just be habitual pursuit. Your heart got to be involved. Because you know we can do stuff by, by habit and not heart, right? You know that, right? That ain't changing no atmosphere. But if you attach your heart to it, that does change the atmosphere. I'm not going to even well, these right here. Yeah, well, let me just uh, add to what you just said, and that would be it. 
Um, so basically what I'm hearing you say is that you almost, you have to be mindful to put your best foot forward, um, mm -hmm. you know, as like for affection, to show affection to, uh, at least for a female, um, you know, uh, being mindful of her, uh, being sensitive um, to her needs, um, communicating. Women, they, it's an astronomical number, but women can talk, I don't know, 100,000 <laughs> words <laughs> in a day, whereas, you know, men oh, might. that was back in the day. They moved it up I'm to I'm sure it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually having good conversation, not just, you know, one-liners or, you know, uh, but open-ended questions, you know. You know, don't, you know, because some people be like, do you have a good day? That's yes or no, right? <laughs> So, but, but really being mindful of her, you know, sensitive, asking her questions, talking. Um, women love communication. Uh, when, when, she's, when you get a woman that she's always asking you, what, what you thinking? She's really trying to get inside you because you ain't saying nothing. You, you ain't saying nothing. So she's like wondering, what the heck is he over there thinking about? I know he's thinking. He, he, he's sitting there with his, his uh, look, I was going to say his head in his hand. I looked over there in Tyro, look, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said, I'm thinking. He said, I'm thinking. You know, people have said that too. I'm thinking. Well, what you thinking about? <laughs> Women want to know because why? We, we're, we're, we're wired that way. We just are. We're wired that way. So, you know, the goal is if you understand how a woman is wired, then you won't look at it. Yes. So, so you remember how I said when I'm, when I'm processing stuff, I, I do like oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. James just did like this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so we want more than, we want conversation. We want to know, hey, and then we don't want this. You know, sometimes, well, I, I conversate with her, but guess what? It's on the fly. It's on the fly. Oh, walk with me here. Walk with me here. <laughs> it's like, can we sit down and just talk? And, and so women need that. Spending time, quality time. I'm sorry, I was laughing because in the first part of the marriage, that's what I used to do. Mm -hmm. Well, come on, babe, just keep up with Yeah, can I'm like, sit down somewhere. Just sit down somewhere. <laughs> come on, babe. <laughs> and so spending time is so vitally important. Um, and, and don't be rough or harsh with her. You know, now some women can be rough and harsh. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes they're reaping what they sow. So we have to be mindful as ladies, you know, to really just have a quiet spirit, a meek spirit. You know, meek is not weak. A lot of times people feel like meek is weak, but it isn't. Um, and then, you know, just put your best foot forward. What would you do if you were dating her? Um, what would you do? You, you're trying to impress her. Well, every day when you wake up, Every day when I wake up, I should be saying, what can I do to make his day better than yesterday? Same thing for you. Amen. You got that? Write that down. Write that down. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. You do well. You do very well. I'm good. That's how yes. I already wrote. 